Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. What's up? What's up? Week one is finally here. It is Hawks Live. And I'm here with no other than Paul Moyer, like we always do. What's up, Paul? You're out there 25 years of doing this. They threw my name on there. Hey, let's I was go. like, man, NASA, he's got game going. Two-man show, man. Two-man show. Let's I'm get excited, it. man. I'm excited for the 12s out there right now. It's been a long time coming. And, you know, in three weeks, three weeks, one, two weeks, when we finally get a home game, man, that's going to be that's going to be exciting. Preseason was good, but it's not like the regular season. And this is a big one. I just Real quick, just letting you all know, Indy is a really good football yes, team. Yes, they are. Their defense is legit. We'll talk more about that, but I just, I'm just i preparing you. Yeah. Tough game in a, a covered stadium. They're going to be rocking. I, just, I was reading uh, their owner. One of their big things is they've lost seven home openers in a row. The, their, their, their theme is we are going to win this opener. Win the opener. When the opener, maybe not home opener, but they've lost seven opening games in a row. All right. Well, Moore just gave you a little preview of the preview. Yes. But now we're going to talk about the Seahawks. Now, yeah. it's been a long off season. A lot has happened. Russell Wilson had his deal. Dwayne Brown had his deal. Jamal Adams had his deal. Quandre's in the mix. There was a lot for us to talk about during this offseason, but finally they've cut the, the roster down to 53 now, I have my initial thoughts on this 53, but like always, I'm going to defer to my guy, Mr. <laughs> Paul Moyer. Initial thoughts of this 53. I like this roster. I, I really like the roster. You know, even when it, uh, official, not official, when they first got down to the 53 and made some changes, we'll talk about that too. I think we're loaded. We're deep. We're young. We're big. We're fast. We're athletic. We still got question marks. Yeah. We got some young guys who are going to have to go out and prove it, and they got to step their game up. I, I'm excited to see it. I, you know, I'm there's well, again we'll talk about all the players but i i like this team there's no reason for us not to be successful we should have a very good defense we're going to be able to rot, rotate you know we got I think we got tell, 10 defensive linemen so we're going to be able to rotate a bunch of those through keep them fresh uh three defensive tackles makes me a little nervous mm-hmm. but i don't see this michael as a 53 man roster i see it as a 69 man roster you count practice squad i am yeah. it's very very different than it has been in the past mm-hmm. i mean you have Robert Kandichi, who's on the practice squad. I mean, here's a guy who was, you know, a high first-round pick, you know, not that many years ago. Uh, I see him sliding in and playing, too. They really worked the roster on what what can we bring onto this initial 53, slide some guys onto the IR where they only miss three weeks rather than the whole year. Because if you go on the IR before the 53-man roster, you're done for the year. So, you know, John Schneider and his crew, I mean, they were working it working it hard and so i look at the debt wide receiver we came in originally with what, four wide receivers but you got penny hart there you've yeah. also got uh, a fuller there we, we've we have people that we're going to be able to move in and out with with different pieces so i like it how about you i like the 53 and i like it for some reasons that you pointed out they got some dogs on the practice squad they do usually you got guys on the practice squad who are just going to be serviceable during practice you'll see what happens every now and then you call a guy up if someone's injured no, these guys got some guys on the practice squad that, that like, look, you have a good week practicing, you might just get the tap on the shoulder and say, look, you're going to play this week. So I like it in that sense. I also like it, and I'm going to focus on the defensive line just like you did because there's depth right there. Mm-hmm. And there's, and I think you said this during the preseason that there are guys on this team at the defensive line spot 
that would be starters elsewhere. And mm-hmm. now they're going to be in the rotation. So if you have a rotation of 10 guys, maybe eight to seven will be starters elsewhere. That makes me excited. There's one spot where I just want to see what happens, and that's the corner spot. I'm glad Trey Flowers gets another opportunity mm-hmm. because I think he was a lot better than what people say or, or perceive him as. So he fought off Trey Brown. Yeah, Trey Brown gets banged up. Okay, that's fine. He fought off Witherspoon, and he's still here. He's yep. surviving. So mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what he looks like, and I'm, I'm excited to see what DJ looks like as well. Yeah, I think we – we also got some guys will hit you. And I think that was one of Witherspoon's downfalls is when you come here, you're not just a cover corner. You also, you know, you, you secure the, the edge at times we play, you know, cover two or depending on what kind of formation you get, you're sitting just outside a tight end. You are counted in the running game. Yeah. And if you don't come with it, if you shy away at all, man, you, you will not be on this team. And, you know, I heard some things about him that, you know, maybe that, that wasn't the fit. I think the other thing is Trey, he played so well in practice, you know, and so that's, the, that's not what the 12s got to see. Mm-hmm. They, they saw a couple of plays that maybe they didn't like in preseason. I, it was really, to me, it was one, and I, it wasn't even one. So the one that he got beat on, the, the fade route, that was the most perfect pass you could ever have. It went right over his shoulder. I could have told him maybe, yeah, if you could have looked a little sooner, but that's just a timing thing. He was all over the guy, yeah. and it was a perfect throw and a perfect catch. wasn't a killer. It's going to happen at times. So I'm excited to see, does, he, does that translate back to the, to the actual game? Yeah. Does he have confidence in the game? Because he showed he's had confidence in practice, and he's going up some get really good receivers there too. So, yeah, there's, um, but there's a lot of question marks. There are, there are, and before we, we get deeper into this, I just want to show some love to Ben Burkirvin yeah. and John Ursua. These are guys, we knew Ben was going to make this team. He was going to be in the rotation. He's going to be a special teams guy. He was good to go. John Ursua was the guy that we're kind of waiting to see. You know that's my guy. Every chance I get to talk about John, I'm going to talk about him. All right, and he tore his ACL. He was on the bubble. You know, who knows where his future lies, lies, but we just want to show some love to those guys off top. All right, so now, going into the season, Mm-hmm. All right, right now you're looking at this roster, um, just overall expectations. Is this an elite roster? Or you said there are some questions out there. Are we waiting for those questions to be answered before we classify this ball team as elite or average? Well, I, th- I think we know what we have offensively, what we saw the first half of the year. It's an explosive offense that, you know – it's hard to duplicate that the whole season. Yeah. Teams definitely found out what we did and said, hey, we got just take away the deep ball. Take away the deep ball. Take away Russell improvising along the way. You know, shut the right running game down. You can't. And, you know, force them to do stuff they didn't like. And we didn't do it that well. So in comes, you know, Waldron, our new offensive coordinator. They bring in that system that will allow him to be able to dump things off. Lots of crossing routes, you know, tempo, whatever that means. You know, just, but I think, you know, a better speed of the game rather than sitting there in a huddle waiting for the call. There's 15 seconds left, ready, break. And by the time you get to the line, there's like eight seconds left. And there's no time to really audible that. I think those days are gone. So mm-hmm. I think the offense is better and they're certainly better at offensive line. There's no question bringing in Jackson. I think at running back, we're so deep, you know, and yeah. everybody's played well. Penny's got to still step up, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. And then defensively, I'll keep this one real short. Look, front seven's there. You know, we already talked about defensive line. I yeah. think we know at linebacker, we should be really good. All right, we, we, got, we haven't mentioned it. Cody Barton coming on later today um, on our show, which I'm excited to have. 
But, you know, when you have Brooks and certainly Taylor now with that kind of speed and then you have, you know, Bobby holding the middle, the, uh, enough said on the front seven. We know what we have in the safeties. Yeah. And we're going to have an improved Jamal Adams. I believe that. He's healthy. He knows the system now. The question mark, we don't have any first-round picks sitting out in the corner. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you need to. And we've never really needed that in this defense because, you know, we, we will play things – where we give some things throws underneath. Don't give up the deep throw. And then at times, we, you know, we're going to need to lock it down. But um, that's the question mark. That's my only one, but the, the talent's there. They just got to go out and prove it. Yeah, I can't remember. When's the last time there was a first-round pick at the corner spot? I mean, they've done their Truf- job. Trufant. Trufant was the last Trufant's one, right? the last one. We're going back a long way. Yeah, it's been a while. So they've shown they can get it done without um, the first-round picks on the outside. And that's what John Snyder and Pete Carroll does, Appreciate man. It. They find they find some DBs, man. Wait, was Kelly Jennings a first round pick? No, how, how, we didn't where draft, was he at? But we didn't we didn't draft him. No, you know what? I think he was a second round pick. We drafted him for sure. I just yeah, don't remember what did. round it was. Bump, do you remember? Kelly, that was back in my day. No, I don't. I don't, I, I don't think he was first round. But you know what? I'm getting older. You know, first round, second round. I know he wasn't around long enough for a first rounder. <laughs> you know, so um, but I know our great producer NASA will find that for us. But, so if you're going to bring those up, you better have the answer. 31st overall pick in the first round of the 2006 draft. Oh, there six. You there you go. Genius. What school, Nass? University of Miami. Miami. Man, he didn't – yeah, that was – boy, I don't want to go bad first-round pick. So this is pre-Schneider, so we're good. Pre-Schneider, yeah. We, we can dog that one a little bit. Pre-Schneider, we're good. So speaking of, we're going to stay in the DBs. Man, Witherspoon. We, yeah. You and I both thought highly of this man. I mean, we saw his film with the 49ers when he was healthy – He's long. He looks like the type of corner that John Schneider and Pete Carroll really go for, but it just didn't work out. Was there something that you saw that that made it just not work out? Was he not doing something? Was he not as good at something else? What did you see? Yeah, again, I, more behind the scenes, you know, the, the physicality of the – I said the word I would never say. The, him being physical, um, maybe in the running game. But I think the biggest one, he got beat out. He got beat out by Trey Flowers, and he had a four, four and a half million dollar contract. That's a lot for a backup. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, some of the, you know, obviously the trade for for Jones was was big. Um, the, you know, they got rid of Demar- De- Demarius Randall too. That one kind of threw me out. I thought they were looking for a veteran guy. And yeah, look, at the end of the day, it's competitive, right? So yep. Sometimes you get beat out. I actually like the makeup of these five corners right now, probably at least from an athletic standpoint you know i mean to me they're really athletic but witherspoon it surprised me we, I, we did the the film session uh, it's on the seahawk website i went through it paul broke it down i love the guy i really did i thought he had great feet he had unbelievable speed he was he, he played the ball exceptionally well he got beat bad on that fourth down and five play there's a deep in um you know in the preseason game you know that one didn't look great but i was against denver and judy and judy runs by he's gonna run by a lot of people mm-hmm. I just, you know, he just didn't win, and you get four and a half million, you get a six-round pick, which, you know, Sidney Jones. I mean, that's kind of a, a wash there. They probably felt there's more upside uh, with him. So yeah, I'm good with it, but it surprised me. Yeah, me too. All right, enough about the defense, man. Let's talk wow. about this offense. You know, I got Moyer here. We 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 hop on the the first show and dive in on the defense, but now let's look at the offense because there's probably. I wouldn't say the question marks over there as far as personnel, but just like, okay, what exactly are we going to see? I felt like we saw a glimpse of it on um, that last preseason game. We saw some up-tempo. They slowed it down. We saw what they do with the jet sweep. We saw the quick game. We saw 
hints of the things that we have been anxious for out here. You know, last year, or at least the last couple of years, we felt like the Hawks are just a downfield type of team. They're going to play action, boot, they're going to go downfield and take a shot. I think they're still going to do that, but I also think that they show that they can mix things up a little bit. So when you hear the word tempo, tempo, what, what does that mean to you? You know, or no, I don't like that word. <laughs> to me, it's a buzzword, right? It's the 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 word of the day. Uh, it's you know, I, tempo to me just. It, it, I guess the the way to explain it is we're 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 constantly in motion. Maybe yep. that's the way. It's uh-huh. just we're not sitting there where Russ is going down to a knee in a huddle with all guys, their hands down, waiting for the call, ready, break. You know, let's let's go out the line. Describe, and all of a sudden there's you know, ten fifteen seconds left on the play clock. And there's just not enough time. I think you can see, hopefully, plays get in and out. So Russ can now see the defense. He's got everybody out there, and he can really go through his progressions or checks or, or more importantly, audibleize along the way. And the other thing is, I, I think the one I always tell, I go, it's like a slow pitcher. If you've ever played baseball yeah. and you're an outfielder and you're just bored, you know, I mean, it's like, come on. So I want to ask you a question. Okay. Preseason, they did not throw the ball downfield at all. They did not. At all. Um, how good is this D, and do they still take the shots like they did last year? Is this going to be – the Rams really don't take a lot of shots downfield, so I'm curious how that, no, that you plays know, out. You know, Paul, I think the shots look different. The shots look like deep crosses instead of straight goals or straight yeah. posts. You know, because what they're trying to do, they're trying to influence the defense to go right when they're going left. Yeah. They're trying to show you that jet sweep, lose outside, contain, have a linebacker bite on you, and then they throw a crossing route twenty yards down the field. Now, if we're get, we're going into math, which isn't my strong point, uh, Moyer. Like twenty yards down the field to the left, you add another ten yards. That's a thirty yard pass we're doing right there. So maybe in this offense, that is what is considered a deep pass. But you got to think. DK Metcalf is on the outside. Mm-hmm. There has to be a play where Waldron's just like, okay, this is the play. We got DK on a backside post or a go. It's third and ten. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, I I, I see that that deep cross because I always thought the Rams were very difficult to defense if they had time. Their routes they're hard to zone up. You can play some man to man. Um, so I think it's going to set up. You may not see as many straight goes. I think you'll set up for the go. So. Yep, set up for the go. They're still going to make some plays downfield. Me and Paul Moyer are in agreement. That was a preview of your Seattle Seahawks. When we return, we will preview the Indianapolis Colts. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Every Thursday, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer will be right here talking about some Hawks. That's the NFL music right there. That means it's real. It's, it's the season. It's not preseason, Paul Moore. No, it's uh, it is. It feels different though. You know, just three game preseason, no starters. You no know, starters. we we didn't have any starters. I've never seen that before. I mean, it it really hasn't happened. I know that some teams have done it in the past, but I've never seen it here in Seattle. Yeah, and it's just a it's a different it's a different world, man. We're talking about business and how we got to adjust. You know, it's what's going on. The Seahawks, same thing as. You know, I got to keep our guys healthy, healthy for sure. Let's keep our guys healthy. If you're listening to us and not watching a Thursday night game, Dallas is down 16 to 21 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we are here to talk about these Indianapolis Colts. And the first thing I think about when I think of the Colts, Moyer, is that run game, man. Jonathan Taylor, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, what, five yards per carry. This guy is something special. If you do have Carson Wentz in, who hasn't been practicing, coming off a, a foot injury, you have to think they have to rely on the run. They were probably going to do that anyway. This run game is going to be tough. 
Yeah, their left guard Nelson's a little beat up. He came back and limited uh, today in practice, but it looks like he'll go. We know Carson Wentz was full today, and and uh, Reich, their head coach, said if he's full on Wednesday, he's going to play Sunday. So we're going to get Reich. I, he's never had success versus us. Um, but this is a really good football team. You know, we'll, we'll just stay on the offensive side. I mean, you got Doyle, who, you know, some of you have heard of before as a tight end. Um, you know, he, he's a problem. Taylor's definitely a problem. One of the good things is, you know, is T.Y. Hilton was put on the IR. Yep. And, you know, that guy last year, you know, he had over 1,000 yards receiving. Well, maybe he didn't. Actually, he only had 762, but, you know, averaged almost 14 yards. I mean, he's the guy. And his the one guy that's kind of backing him up. Uh, you got Michael Pittman Jr., who's a pretty good receiver. Um, he'll be there. You got Paris Campbell. They have listed as starting. He had been nicked up. He came back to practice today, but he's been nursing an Achilles heel. Um, look, they're they're beat up. So the point getting back to Jonathan Taylor, one of the best offensive lines out there, yep. only sacked twenty one times last year. And they're not going to get. They're not going to take sacks. That fits right into Carson Wentz's game. Get rid of the football, and rely on the running game and your defense. And they got a. They have a spectacular defense. They got a good defense. They got Carson Wentz, who's with Frank Reich again. Last time they were together, Wentz was an MVP candidate. Looked good. Everybody loved him in Philly. How quickly they turn on you in Philly? Surprise, right, Paul Moyer? Um, <laughs> but now the defense. They had the number eight defense overall in the league last year, led by DeForest Buckner, who was an All Pro. I mean, this guy was everywhere. Nine and a half sacks from the interior. Interior lineman, nine and a half sacks. That's pretty rare. Um, they also have Kellen Moore. Excuse me, am I saying that right? Yeah, Kellen Moore, the guy, he plays more like a nickel. He led the team with four interceptions. They got some names on this defense. It's not like Carson Wentz is walking into a situation where he's got to be great and lead the team and be awesome every single down. They got an offensive line that will protect, a run game that will get going, and then a defense that's going to get after it too. Yeah, they they got some big names. Um, you know, one of them is is Darius Leonard. He had 130, 140 tackles last year on top of three sacks. You know, so they've got a good linebacking core. You got Rhodes at the corner. Don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, uh, he he did not practice again today. Um, usually, if you haven't practiced by Thursday, it's yeah. not a good sign. A lot of coaches don't even want to put you in there, but. You know, here's a guy that, you know, they would count on for sure to be a, a bit of a lockdown corner. Um, that that's a problem for them if, if they're not if they don't have, you know, their studs healthy. It's going to be a tough game. It it's, it's probably going to be a low scoring game. On top of that, the crowd's going to be crazy. It's their first time back. They're ready for this game. So don't think because people are in Indianapolis, they're not thinking about football. Right? They they think of other things other than basketball. And football's big to them. They think they have a very good team. Their owner has demanded pretty much they win this opener, and they have high expectations going into the season. So we got to chin it up, you know, strap it up with yep. our, our chin straps, and uh, it's going to be a physical football game. They are a good football team. They, they lost 24-27 to 27 to the Buffalo Bills, who are one win away from going to a Super Bowl against Josh Allen and the gang. we got to be ready to go. Now, this is a game that I think that we should win, the Seahawks should win, but it's not going to be as easy as everyone thinks it is. got to play every single Sunday, Moyer. You don't just mail it in and say we got this win. you got to show up and play. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Seahawk linebacker Cody Barton, always a good interview coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm sitting here with my guy, Paul Moyer. When I hear that music, I just think of John Madden. Yeah. I just think of John Madden, Monday Night Football. 
I think of uh, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I go back way back to Howard Cosell and those guys as well. But this one, because of Al Michaels, mm-hmm. is it's really oh Al now. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I think of Monday Night Football and things, you know, I I go back Dandy Don and you know Howard Cosell. I mean, I was that that was entertainment. That was entertainment. It was entertainment. I, you know, it's hard to get that done nowadays. You know, everybody wants to talk X and O's and and all that <laughs> stuff and hardcore football and it worked back then. Hey, blame it on the internet. Everyone has access to data. Everyone has the answers to the questions, and everybody's a coach, Moyer. You actually were a coach, though. I am, and uh, so I always get to trump you whenever <laughs> we're in a disagreement. No, you know, it's not true at all. All right, so we're waiting on Cody Barton to join us, and Cody Barton has been one of our favorites. I feel like we both really like Cody Barton. I got a chance to meet him when he was a rookie. He's got this Dave Wyman look in his eye. That's why Dave Wyman loves him. He's, he's got that little look, that twinkle in his eye that says, look, I will run through you. I'm not tackling you. I'm going to run through you. Dave, and I'm sitting in Dave Wyman's seat right now, keeping it nice and warm. And you're right. He his probably his favorite player is Cody Barton, and I think Cody knows it. And Dave said, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, and they do have a personality back when they were – I remember when Dave was a rookie. I was in my maybe fourth or fifth year at the time. And Dave was all football. And all he football. was serious. And I, I would try to tease him. He didn't like to be teased. And Dave was a big man. He was 250-plus pounds – Dave could run. I mean, he was, you know, he was four or five guy, you know, particularly before his knee injury. He could really run. Yes. They, I will run through that wall for you. And Cody is, he's a, he's a really good football player. I love reading stuff on him and, you know, his old coach at Utah, how much he loves him too. And, you know, coach is just, I mean, he's that dream player, you know, you know, it's, it's all football for him and uh, you can count on him and he's a really good player. I mean, he, he needs to get some playing time. Yeah. I mean, his first year, he, he figured out all three positions, at least assignment wise. There's nothing like ex- experience. You still got to go out there and, and take on guards and slip the, slip the block, make the tackle in the backfield. But the first thing you can do to get on the field is just know what to do. And coaches ain't going to trust you. If you don't know what to do, you're not going to get out there. So I feel like he's been moving in the right direction. It's been a slow ascend to where he is now. KJ isn't here anymore. We know for sure. But uh, we have the man himself on the line, Cody Barton. What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you guys are getting ready for week one going down to Indy. And uh, the first thing I thought about when I think of Cody Barton, man, I'm like, man, he's entering his third year. And I remember my third year in high school, how things clicked and started slowing down. I remember my third year in college, how things clicked and are starting to slow down. How do you feel your third year in, in the NFL? Is it similar or is it just a, a different deal? Yeah, no, I feel like going to my third year, I think, like you said, you know, I feel like for me as well, you know, things have definitely slowed down a lot. I feel like going to the last year, things slowed down. And then now going to this year, things have slowed down even more. And so, um, you know, I attribute that just to, you know, learning and growing with experience and, and, you know, as I grow as a player and yeah, I feel like this year, you know, things have slowed down a lot. Well, plus you're like an old man now, you know, <laughs> I mean, you got Daryl Taylor in there. You've got Jordan Brooks. You're, you're like a, an old veteran. So you're definitely not a rookie guy looking for, for direction. <laughs> yeah. I ain't no rookie, but I would say I'm an old dude. I mean, <laughs> I'm only, I only got a year on those guys. Well, you know, it, it, you're, you're more of experience, that's for sure. Most definitely. Yeah. Now, you're sure. you're going to play this year, man. Um, KJ is no longer with the team. He signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, just talk about what he meant 
to to you and it's your development, I would assume that you would watch this guy work every day and kind of pick up some nuggets. Yeah, I would definitely. And I, you know, I'd always pick his brain and ask him questions. And you know, having KJ in the room with us, he was awesome. He was always he was an open book and willing to always share, you know, tricks of the trade and information and just nuggets of the game and you know things that he's learned and you know with those ten years of experience that he had when I was with him, you know that's. You know, that's very, very valuable information. And, and, you know, the things that he taught me and just who he was as a person, as a player, you know, it was was fun to be with him. You know, I'm I'm happy for him and that he's continuing to play now he's with the Raiders. But, yeah, being with KJ, it was awesome. It was was fun. About my third or fourth year in in the league, uh, I I had two veteran safeties that I was backing up. And the, the coaches had to come in and say, Paul, do you believe you can start in this league? And and the the reason they said that is they said we 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 need you to compete to start because we want you to start. So I'm just curious. One, were you surprised KJ wasn't resigned? And did they talk to you about it? That hey, you know what? We're we're not going to bring him back. You're you're going to really get the the opportunity to to start playing more. Was there any conversations about that? Um, no. But at the same time, you know, I realized, you know, if they didn't bring him back, that was there was going to be an opportunity. And so there actually was no real conversation about it because they didn't know at first they were going to bring him back or not. And, um, but that being said, you know, whether they brought him back or not, you know, I'm always, and just, just my mindset is I'm always trying to compete no matter who it is. I'm always trying to, to battle and always looking to be a starter. All right, Cody. Now I, I asked you about, you know, what is like being on the field your third season, but what about the off season? Because I, I would, I would think that you learn more about your body and how to prepare your your mind and your spirit, your physical. How has your off season changed over the years? You know, I learned a lot after my first year. I stayed up here the whole time, just and also at the same time I was with COVID and stuff, kind of locked down, which was kind of weird. But um, I feel like this this off season I really got my routine and really took care of myself, both physically and mentally. Um, Went down to train at Bomberitos down in Miami for a little bit. Got out of that Utah snow. Um, <laughs> and then also in the summer, finished my training off in Utah um, at Pendleton Performance. And I actually like training in Utah as well because you got the higher elevation. So I feel like when I come back to um, come back down here to sea level, you know, I feel like I'm just flying and running for days. But I feel like the biggest thing that helped me body-wise was Pilates. Nice. Um, and I've been doing that for years, though, but just really thought my body this year is clicking and smooth and healthy and just strong all around. And, and you know, I felt like this offseason just in general was, was great. Is, do the Seahawks, is that something they promote, Pilates, or is that something you really do more away from the facility? No, that's something I do away from the facility. I actually own a reformer here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I love Pilates. I've been doing it for years now, like I said, and, a good friend of mine who's an instructor back home, her name is Jenny Carr. I work with her, and, um, yeah, it, it gets me right. I love it. So I'm uh, I'm getting to a magic age of 60, played played a, a few years, got a lot of body aches. You're saying that I should incorporate or make Pilates my main weapon for getting in shape, staying in shape? Pilates. Pilates. Do it. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on that. So, so you, you, the Utah – You've got to have a good – got to have a good instructor, a good teacher, though. Do I? All right. Yeah, I, I bet I bet I can get somebody off air from you. <laughs> you 
Hey, I don't know. It might be secret. I, well, I'm sitting in Dave Wyman's seat, and there's no secret. Dave, is, you are his favorite player. Uh, Dave and I played together and, and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll have him ask you, and, and you, can, you can give me that good name there. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask you about you, – you, last time we had you, 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 you love to fish, hunt, things like that. So Utah snow, is it, you trying to get away from that? And when you are hunting, fishing, have you found your spot out here? First, the snow question. Um, I like the snow. I like to change the seasons of growing up in Utah, but at the same time, you know, we've been, and not, it doesn't get that cold here in Seattle, but I feel like once the rain season comes, you know, it's, everything's wet all the time and it's kind of just, it's kind of chilly out all the time. So then I go back after the season to visit my family and stuff in Utah and it's way colder and there's just a ton of snow on the ground. So I'll go back for a few weeks, visit family and stuff like that. But then after that, I'm like, all right, I need to go get some warmth. That's why I go down to Florida and, and get in the sun. You know? Yes, I do. <laughs> I went to Arizona State, so yes, I would be there. I, I miss I miss that son. We, we we know your family should have a statue at, at Utah. I mean, you're you're the most decorated family athletes of all time. And for those who don't know, I'm I'm just going to mention your dad played baseball and football, but was drafted by Toronto. But at you you know was playing at Utah. Your mom is it Mickey? Is that how you say your name? Yes, Mickey. Mickey, yeah, Mickey. is a legend at, at utah both in in uh, basketball and volleyball and i believe she's in the hall of fame there uh, your your brother jackson is i think he's on the practice squad at uh, for the giants he's an offensive tackle six seven three hundred pounder um pretty pretty big guy and then uh, danny who's just finished her senior year uh vo- volleyball and uh, again ph- phenomenal and then you got lander so so one do you get do you work out with those people when you get back to utah all your family and and tell me a little bit about Lander. Is it is he a, another Cody on the rise? <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, me and my family, when we're back together in the office, we do all work out together. Um, you know, whether it's Pilates, lifting, running, or even just you know going to play basketball, or whatever it is. We all, we always do stuff together as a family. And then as far as my little brother Lander, man, I don't know. He's got a ton of potential. He, he's gonna be a good player. But I just want him to keep his head down. Right now, he's you know he's He's a high recruit and all these offers coming in and this and that. And I just don't want his head to get big. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was, but, I was curious about that. Cause your brother Jackson, who's, who's much more mellow than you, you know, you're, you're the more intense guy. Where, where does he fit in between those personalities? Oh man. I would say, yeah, me and my older brother Jackson were opposite personality wise. I mean, yeah, he is a little more mellow, but super friendly, and he can talk it up as well. But I would say, yeah, I'm more intense. And then Lander, I mean, he's – he's I'd say Lander, though, is the most mellow. Confident. Okay. Youngest kid. Know, like, well, he's yeah, he's youngest mellow, brother, yeah. Laid back, you know, but I would say – man, I don't know. I'd say Lander's the most mellow. I'm obviously most intense. And then Jackson in the middle. And I'd say my sister, she's more like me. Nice. Really? That must be fun. Yeah. Good competition there. All right, Cody. Yeah, we we all, no matter what we're doing, we like to mess around and compete. The Bartons get after. That's what I'm hearing right now. Cody Barton, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Uh, We expect you to get after. You're one of our favorites here, man. You have a good night. And, uh, man, go to to Indy and get it done, man. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Have a good one.
That was Cody Bard, man, one of our favorite guys on the team. No, well, no. I just think he's going to be a special player. Yeah. It's just finally I've said he just needs the opportunity. He's going to get him this year. I, we didn't get a chance to really say, ask him how are they going to play you guys because, you know, you're going to have a bit of a five-man front at times with the, with Taylor and, and where, where does he fit in? Is it middle? Do they give a break to, to Bobby at times? Is he sli- there, There's so many things that are going on, but he's going to play. Yep, he's going to play. We're going to see number 57 out there. And coming up next, we are going to talk to no other than the professor, professor, Mr. John Clayton, right here on Hawks Live. Ow! Oh, yeah. Y'all hear the funk. It's been a while. It's been a while. But when you hear that funk going through your speakers, you know we're about to talk to the professor, Mr. John Clayton. How we doing, John? I'm back. <laughs> Football season's here. That's that's the start of it right I'm there. Back. That music and you on our show. This is awesome. Nothing better than JB. Nothing better than God, JB. Godfather of soul. Godfather of soul. JB and we got JC. John Clayton, are you watching this Dallas yeah. Buccaneers game? What do you think about this? It's, it's remarkable. I mean, the fact that in the first half, Dak Prescott dropped back to pass 34 times. And I think they only ran the ball five to seven times. And you're going, and it's like, wow. You didn't expect that, particularly for a quarterback who had some shoulder problems that kept him out. And particularly a quarterback who hadn't really had a, a single practice for the most part i mean he's been you know pretty much idle most of the time but for him to come out and do as well as he did is remarkable and right now it's like uh he's staying even with tom brady brady's having an efficient day they're not getting to him at quarterback but brady's had more turnovers than dak prescott you know people have kind of anointed tampa bay six or 17 and oh and you know they're gonna be a super bowl chance just your thoughts on how they've played tonight and if you think they're still that, that Super Bowl for sure contender. Oh, there's no doubt they're the Super Bowl for sure contender because they got Tom Brady and they got theoretically a good defense. That defense isn't showing up tonight. Uh, you know, they are getting pressure on Dak Prescott, but the secondary is so banged up. I mean, what, they're injured with like uh, three starters in the secondary. And so they're so vulnerable. I mean, right now they're at the stage where they're taking practice squad players from a couple of days ago and having them out there in that starting rotation at cornerback. So it's like that's a concern, and they've got injuries at safety. That, that has to be a concern. And so that does leave them vulnerable to the passing game. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of amazed to see that, uh, you know, here's two teams that you would think would be running the ball more, and neither is running the ball more. They're changing the game, JC. They're changing the game. Now let's let's talk about these Seahawks. Me and Moyer are pretty confident in this fifty-three man roster. If there is a position group that we're kind we're kind of trying to wait and see what happens, it's that corner position. What are your thoughts on the corner? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's the big question mark right now. I think they can be good enough because I think they put enough resources into it. I mean, it's not like they put you know big money deals or anything else. I mean, the big money deal was Akello uh, Witherspoon, who ends up being traded to Pittsburgh after a four million dollar guarantee. But I think the fact that uh, you know they they do like DJ Reed. I mean, even though the fans aren't, aren't in favor of him, Trey. Flowers has had a very good training camp. Uh, may not have showed in a couple of the preseason games on a couple of plays, but I think he's done well. They have the option of using Sidney Jones. You know, they uh, certainly 
do have Ugo Amani for the slot. They have Marquise Blair for the slot. So I think they have a lot of combinations that they can use. And then, of course, one of the huge things in the secondary was getting uh, Quandre Diggs to at least redo his contract a little bit and then uh, get back off the hold-in and be available. So now they have two Pro Bowl safeties, and we'll see where they are at corner. Well, let's talk about that with Quandre Driggs. They, they did some type of uh, restructure. What what did happen in that deal? Well, basically what they did is they took uh, $5 million plus of his signing bonus or his, of his base salary, converted that into signing bonus, and it looks as though you know they gave him a voidable year next year. Now, he's a free agent just like Dwayne Brown is. Dwayne Brown got 7.5, but you know what that ended up doing, it saved $3.5 million of cap room on the Brown deal, $2.5 million on the uh, deal for Diggs, and so all of a sudden, their number for the cap uh, went from 12 into the 17s, which is actually pretty good. And so, you know, and I thought it's kind of ironic yeah, that, uh, you know, one of the things John Snyder likes to have, and he's never had this much money as far as cap room, particularly a 182.5 cap, uh, to go pick up things if needed during the season. But I thought it was kind of ironic that it was Brown and Diggs uh, because, you know, those are two guys that they picked up during the season and uh, were making decent money. I mean, Brown, of course, coming as one of the higher paid left tackles. I mean, he comes over and then, of course, the next move was getting Diggs, who was a $6.2 million contract. And then last year, Year, they picked up Carlos Dunlap. And so, you know, they have the ability, if needed, to pick up things, you know, with injuries or whatever, or if they just say, you know what, we need we need more at the cornerback position, we can do something later on. Let's say the the fifty three man roster, just just your thoughts on it, because there's been some changes in you know, I always say this really isn't a 53-man roster. This is a 68-69-man roster mm-hmm. with the practice squad. Just your thoughts and maybe even a few surprises that, you know, popped up for you. Well, I mean, it's um, – I mean, I'm not surprised that Alex Collins made it because I think right now he's the leading candidate to be the backup running back because I think he's, you know, done better than Rashad Penny. He's a forceful runner, and I think he's a good runner. Uh, certainly, uh, I think – I mean, you're, you're – and, and again – it's not like the roster is totally settled right now because you f- still have a few young guys, you know, practice squad caliber guys that are on the roster and they may be holding the spots for some other players. I mean, on the 16 man practice squad, I mean, it's all young guys that uh, n- no veterans or anything like that. So, uh, no, so there's no surprises there. In fact, the weird stat is that league-wide, you know, particularly this bad draft, and it was a horrible draft, is that uh, what you end up having is that uh, there was only like two dozen undrafted uh, players that ended up making fi- uh, 53-man rosters, and so which is very unusual. There's probably a few more here than there were on other teams. But overall, I think you can see they have a lot of numbers at the cornerback position. Clearly, they've added to the roster significantly, you know, because here they get Gerald Everett, who I think is going to be a good tight end. Gabe Jackson, who's a mauling type of guard. You know, they were able to, you know, Kerry Hyder, who's had two two years where he showed he can get eight sacks in a season. Daryl Taylor now is healthy. Looks like he can be a factor. So I think they've added uh, enough right there. They can, uh, you know, do some good things. All right, John, let's talk about quarterbacks. You got Carson Wentz. Um, he's going to be the play caller over there in Indianapolis. You got some quarterbacks moving around. You got Goff, Stafford, Darnold, Bridgewater. Which one of these guys are most interesting to you and have the opportunity to win right now? 
Well, I mean, I think you, you certainly look at uh, you know Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's going to win because he's never been around this much talent. Now, again, you know, the talent on the Rams, in my opinion, isn't equal to where it was last year because to get the Stafford deal, and and, they, and, and I was funny because I saw Tony Dungy was talking about this tonight, that how good that Stafford looks throwing the football because he's been down there enough to see him throw. And so that kind of surprised him. But again, it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing from a year ago. You know, Tom never had as much offensive weapons as he had in Tampa Bay. You know, they didn't have those type of receivers. They had certainly two tight ends that were good at different times, but there's now more weapons that he can work with. And of course, there's more talent that uh, Stafford has. But the problem is, you know, when you lose five starters, four or five starters on defense and you lose, you know, Cam Akers, who was going to have a breakout season at running back, you lose Everett and you lose a couple other guys, you're not as strong. And then Brandon Staley ends up uh, leaving to go and getting a head coaching job with the Chargers. So I like Stafford a lot. Certainly, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to bounce back. I think he's going to do some good things this year. Uh, we'll see where it's going to be for Kyler Murray. But again, when you look at the NFC West, I mean, this this division is just absolutely loaded and because you've got four teams right now that you can actually say are playoff contenders john it's that time it's uh, we got about a minute but what's on your mind what do you want to talk about well i think the big thing to talk about is what's going on contract wise around the league in the last couple of days because first off i mean it's been a monster year as far as a week right now for contract redos i mean i counted up there was at least 14 redone contracts where they come back and they replace base salary with signing bonus two of them obviously with the Seahawks uh, I think you know that, that that's kind of fascinating to me because you know usually that doesn't happen this late it usually happens earlier but a lot of teams are freeing up as much cap room as they possibly can the other thing is the amazing story in Baltimore with the injuries I mean here uh, they've now had Four ACL injuries. They had two today on back-to-back plays. Marcus Peters, their best cornerback, blew out his ACL. And then Gus Edwards, the bus, he ends up blowing out his ACL. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, the, certainly their their top running back, J.K. Dobbins, he blew out an ACL. And so it's a mess. Their top three running backs are out. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, John, it should be interesting this year. We are glad to get the season going off right. And like always... You keep it funky, John. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, me and Moya will go toe-to-toe, face-to-face. We will talk that talk coming up next on Hawks Live.